1: This is your host, Kirsten Franklin. Guys, on this week's episode, beyond having a doctorate in business administration from Harvard Business School and having worked with companies such as Citibank, Dow Hang Bank, Dun Bradstreet, Ernst & Young, Hang Seng Bank, HP, Johnson & Johnson, Keppel Court, Matsushita, Panasonic, MetLife, Reuters, I mean, the Singapore government, the government of Denmark, I mean, and we're seriously only talking about a few, okay? Uh, this thought leader, consultant, entrepreneur, author, and speaker who is currently the head of innovation and entrepreneurship at the S.P. Jane School of Global Management in Singapore, which happens to be a Forbes top 20 global MBA school. Um, and get this, she's actually been named one of the top 10, okay, not, not top 40, not top 50, top 10 women in IT in Asia. She does consulting, coaching, design thinking, leadership development, and so much more. Guys, help me welcome to the show Dr. C.J. Meadows. Welcome, Dr. Meadows. And thank, you, and thank you
0: so much for having me today. This is great. Oh, gosh, that's a lot of stuff. Now I feel tired.
1: <laughs> you should be. You did it all. <laughs> well, and first... I think you can have it all and do it all, right? Yes, I'm all about it. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, even on your birthday. So it's your birthday today, guys. We're recording today on October 13th, so... Well, 12th on our side, 13th on our side. <laughs> hey, does that mean I get two birthdays? Totally. Hop on a plane, babes. You can do it. In fact, oh, you could yeah. have 24, Right? no, 23. Hop on a plane, stay in the air, never stop. And every hour, it's your birthday.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. this is good.
1: <laughs> so I'm going to talk to you. You know, one of the things that you had mentioned to uh, my associate is uh, something about being your most extreme and unique you right? But why don't we start with your background and how you even got into IT. And I know it's not about women for you. It's about being you and living you. Um, But you really are a woman in a field that's dominated by men. Uh, Men get accolades left and right. And it's, you know, we've had a big push to have women enter IT, to have women enter, you know, even coding and things like that, right? Just to, just to, you know, have, um, you know, being exposed to it having an equal playing field uh, for the future. So talk to me a little bit about how you even got interested in it and how you've taken it to this level. That would be amazing to know.
0: Thank you for that. Thank you.
1: Well, as a matter of fact, um,
0: the reason I got into IT is because I believed and it has turned out to be true that IT would be a rising tide during our lifetime and would change the way we work and live. And I'd I'd never be unemployed, actually. (laughs) That was another consideration Um, because I could see that it's it's the important force in our lifetimes today, in this generation. Um, Now, I didn't actually study IT in school. I studied accounting and got a CPA and a CMA. But I took a job right after school with Accenture and became one of the coders on the school bus. And to give you some perspective, it was uh, 1987 when I joined Accenture and they drove the school bus right over to the Department of Defense and let us loose on the the mainframe computers. So I started off with um, DOD systems and batch programming. And uh, then later on, worked into online systems, the old green screen type stuff you used to see with these big CRTs. We built some of those. I worked on those. Um, and then did other things later on um, as IT developed and as I developed. And nobody was thinking about, you know, men and women. We were just tech heads all going out to do something cool. And... Um, it went on from there. It went on from there. I, um, after that, I got, I got tired of being a consultant and running around doing what other people told me to do. Um, so here's this, this female spirit of independence, uh, which I think a lot of women have. And uh, I ran off to Japan to teach English. And we had the Defense Department budget cuts, so perfect timing. But before then, I had applied to go to school. Because um, I decided I wanted to teach and learn and build more of the future than coding mainframes. Um, Harvard Business School was a fantastic place for that, a place of not only future ideas, but also of caring people who wanted to make an impact in the world. Um, mm-hmm. After then, I did get back into, uh, I stayed in academia for a little bit all of a year Um <laughs> science faculty and again nobody was really talking about whether women are computer science faculty or men that was back in 96 we were just tech heads doing stuff and then and then it became time for e-commerce and I got super 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 excited about that so I had co-founded a consultancy um, for business and technology And I left that. I went back to Accenture. I went on to a specialist e-commerce consultancy because Accenture didn't want me to specialize in e-commerce. And that was what I was passionate about. And then, of course, comes the dot-com crash. And all of us were thrown out of work. And nobody wanted e-commerce anything. And financial services, which was my area, was hard hit. Um, So there just wasn't anything I could do. But I remembered a very, very important part of life that I had postponed. And I thought, you know, let's not postpone this any longer. Making a family. Because yeah, no matter what it is you do, whether you're the CEO or the chairman or coder or whatever, we don't work to live. Excuse me. We don't live to work. We work to live. So whatever it is you want to do in your life, whether it's teaching English in Japan or shark diving or family or tech or business do it because nobody gets yeah. to their deathbed and says, you know, I should have worked harder. I took too many <laughs> vacations. I never should have had a family. Right, right,
1: right.
0: Yeah, And then other things happened.
1: Such <laughs> as.
0: Yeah. Every time along the way, you gotta think what do I want to do with my life and, and how am I designed? And how does that design suggest creating some good in the world and doing something amazing that nobody else is designed to do? And I do firmly believe that each of us is special.
1: Now, let me ask you something, though. Let me ask you this. Are we listening to the the CJ Meadows of today, wise, has lived it, learned it, and now knows it? Or have you always kind of been able to step back and actually be that intentional in the moment to say, Hey, like, okay.com crash. Wow. What a perfect time. I'm going to like start this family. Like, or did it just sort of happen? And you're like, Hey, I'm riding this wave. This is good. I'm in the moment. Like, how did that work for you? Very, very
0: good question. Cause you know, when you're in your twenties or even your thirties, um, you're not necessarily going to take that look back perspective, but I think it's time to start. You don't know how long it's going to be. What do you want to do? By the time you're done, um, but you're right. At the time, as you walk on that journey, you have different opportunities at different points, and it may not make it may not make sense, and you may really not know where you're headed. But you you have five opportunities, and you got to choose which which way to go. Um, you know, I think it. And one of the themes in my, in my most recent book about innovators is collecting the dots and connecting the dots. And it also goes back to a, a speech by Steve Jobs, uh, the Stanford commencement speech. And he said, you know, you collect the dots moving forward and they don't always make sense. You collect them based on who you are, what's interesting. And dare I say, what's fun? Don't lose fun. And joy, but then you'll come to another place in the road where you see an opportunity, and you'll connect them. Don't make sense moving forward, but they do make sense moving back, looking back. So as you're moving forward, I think it's important to know both perspectives: the looking forward perspective, where you step out in faith, and the looking back perspective, where they'll connect. And you've got to be the one to connect.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I do that weekly, actually. I actually have that built in my weekly planner where I step back and I look at what the wins are. What were the things that happened that make no sense? And how are they making sense in the future? Like I literally will write down in time when random things happen and never fails. It's the path that was meant to be getting thrown at you
0: it's absolutely the funniest thing
1: yeah that's awesome I love love it now you mentioned in your most recent book is that the innovation through fusion book yeah okay awesome awesome actually speaking about that guys she wrote this book innovation through fusion and I wanted to ask ask you about you talk about fusion is for individual innovators who would like to create the future can you tell me about that for some of us who aren't understanding fusion although we should
0: Isn't a new term I made it up. As a professor, one of the great things you get to do is you get to make stuff up.
1: <laughs> Love it,
0: and then people think that it was on purpose, and you know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, now, um, so many, so many companies are trying harder and harder and harder to make little innovations based on what they already do, and these industry that exists, and the fields that exist. But I think big potential right now is cross-industry, cross-field, cross-technology, cross-organization, cross-social class, and more. Um, It's these lateral innovators who are creating enormous value. And I flew around the world learning from 30 of them and wrote about them in this book. And these guys have created billions of dollars with business value, science and technology that can save millions of lives and advances in the arts and humanities and education that impact hundreds of thousands of people. As a matter of fact, you know, a lot of them are women. So if you're looking for inspiring stories of women who have created enormous good and and powerful unique lives, some of the stories are in there. Go check them out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So now getting back to my original question for you. <laughs> I kind of jumped the gun because it was kind of exciting for me. Um, you had mentioned something about being your most extreme and unique self, right? Um, you you are very, I think, intentional about making it a point that you know, for you, it wasn't like women versus man. It wasn't like I'm breaking into some man's world. It was just a bunch of little tech geeks hanging out, doing their thing, having a good time making the world change, right? And so I actually have a couple questions, of course I do. But one, just because you have just spoken about it, you know, what was it about e-com that got you excited?
0: Actually, the potential.
1: Because um, we're seeing anybody, it again now from COVID. We're seeing it <laughs> blow up crazy, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: anybody who's been shopping knows how inefficient it is. I mean, you go out all day long Searching here and searching there, and dragging this stuff around, doing this, doing that, and you, you've only been able to compare a few items um, and just grab the best and do your best. Um, but I could see that um, with e-commerce, the consu- that consumers would benefit so hugely. You can look at the same item all over the world, pick you know the the best of everything that you want, and get it delivered. Um, it's also Uh, digital transformation is incredibly important for companies. And I could see the value and and just so much waste, wasted time, wasted effort, and people who are engaged in boring stuff to do all day um, that just could be taken over by computer, allowing humans to do what we're really good at and what would be more actualizing. So digital transformation... (laughs) I was also talking about, I mean, my doctoral thesis in the early 90s was about um, globe-wide teams and how now that we've got this telecommunications and technology infrastructure, you can have teams working real-time all over the world and you can take advantage of highly educated people in cheaper places and and have everybody uh, collaborate in ways that we couldn't do before. And We need to do more of this. And I'm actually, the only thing that I'm happy to see about with COVID, I'm happy about two things. Number one, it's been a real push to get people to do this.
1: Yes. And
0: something have resisted. And number two, it's been a chance to let people work from home and decide how they're most productive and stop wasting their time.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people have been able to take this time to take a little bit of an inward journey, have a little bit of self-reflection. Um, really look at their lives from a different perspective, having been forced at home, having to stay kind of local, not really being able to go a ton of places. Um, So I think that's, I kind of think like that's a shift the planet kind of needed in some ways, you know, I really, I was hoping for it, praying for it. It's like part of my life's mission to elevate the the, the vibration of this planet, the humans on it anyway. And I was like, man, like, this is great. I love COVID for the same reason in the sense of not for COVID, (laughs) but the fact that It has made what I've been trying to do since 2010, super easy. I have always, I'm a single mother. I have always worked remotely. I've always had remote teams and I've had that because I was a single parent. I was irritated that even in 2010, two of my jobs working for someone else i was had to go to a physical location i didn't have remote access so i couldn't do my job when i was home so if my child's sick i should miss out on $50,000 commission i don't think so i thought there's a better way and, and i built that with my my legal recruiting company i have people in texas california chicago new york since day one and for that reason for that specific reason so now it's like i've you know law firms these big 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 companies that really were not pushing to have people work remotely have actually gotten a lot of benefit too. They've been able to, you know, whittle down their HR departments because they realize, oh, wait, we don't need 15 people coming into a building every day. Now they have five people working remotely, getting more done. Right. Exactly. It's like crazy. It's crazy. All right. So exactly. I will, I will get back to well, you.
0: Could, <laughs> Go ahead. On that, that technology and that, and that new business model kind of forefront, years yourself and seeing that there's so much more value and not only are are the businesses better but people's lives are better yeah however we do have to man- learn to manage and and this has been hard for a lot of people when you go away to an office um you've separated your work and your life and you focus over there and you can come up here and uh, home and focus on on the family but if you're in the same location, how do you separate work and life? How do you balance them? How do you you can integrate them, but you need to do that productively? And how do you care for a sick child to get your work done?
1: hmm
0: hmm Yeah. That's something so there's, there's a-
1: Yeah, that was something I addressed from the beginning, at least in one of my groups, that's filled with uh, small business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, mm-hmm. and most of them are in real estate. So most of them are actually used to traveling around and now they can't. Right. And so the one thing I addressed was one, whatever vertical you're creating in your pivot, don't create it as if it's temporary. If you build it out as if it's a permanent model, you have an entirely new stream of revenue that will not fail in the future. The internet's not going away. All this did was force you to think faster, sooner. That's all it did. And then the second thing I said, whatever pivot you're making in your house Think of it as if it's forever. Think about as if you moved home and this is how you're going to operate. I did that with my daughter. We've had no issues. She's been doing great at school. Like, I, cause I told her, I was like, I was like, build out your bedroom as if it's your new home office. How do you want it to look? How will it feel? How will you separate your space? How will you, you know, we, it's a small Manhattan apartment, but we still have enough space where she can work out in one space and come into my space if she's too bored with that space. Right. Cause you don't, you also have to mix into that. The fact that you're not getting that interaction. So those personal mm-hmm. mini breaks you take throughout the day, you're not getting that, that little conversation, just a difference in, in view, right? It does make a difference. And so you have to just work all that out. But yeah, it's, if you think of it more as like, what would I do if this were a permanent change, then whatever change you make, isn't so eh. like, it just lasts better. It works better. It just does better. Right.
0: Absolutely. And, and social time and focus time you have to manage that as well one of the one of the things i loved from google was the big big headset earphones and you know half the time when somebody's got those things on they're not listening to anything they just want people to leave them alone <laughs> so creating that culture of how to manage your personal space and time what's social time what's what's focus time yeah yeah it's super
1: yeah Interesting. So, okay. Now, getting back again to the question I was going to ask for a third time, because <laughs> I'm so skilled oh, wait, with this. something. Oh no, what is it? <laughs> I know. I'm like just so this skilled. It's going
0: be a in. hard question.
1: <laughs> no, it should be fun and exciting. Damn it! I'm all about more fun. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, it should be. I think the more fun you have, actually, the more things just happen, right? I mean, I don't know. That's that's me. Um, but I feel like you have really led. An exciting life in the sense of you have done what you wanted when you wanted to, how you wanted to, to the best of your ability, and you have crafted it in a way. And I really think that everyone can do this, whether they're willing to get past the unknown that creates the fear and just do, uh, is really up to them, right? But just push forward, jump off the cliff, keep jumping, keep jumping, you keep surviving, just keep going, (laughs) right? Um, and, you know, even if you don't jump off the cliff and, and and
0: take a risk to do something new, you can be pushed into it. You know, like, I, I didn't just up and decide to, to go and uh, teach English in Japan because I just felt like it. There were the Defense Department budget cuts. We were out of work. 550 people in my office were thrown out of work. and Nobody could get a job. So whatever the circumstance... Okay. Does this give me a chance to do something I've always wanted to do? And then, then you go and do it. And and for example, the Lehman's crisis. That was I had been an entrepreneur, and all of a sudden, all revenues in all our industries for all our businesses went to zero. Yeah. At once. You know, when your back is against the wall, you will come through, you will make it, but it sure isn't any fun at the time. Right. So, so, so part of your journey is the joyous journey of exploration, but part of it is back against the wall and you'll do it. You'll be, you'll be given away. You'll find a way. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And the, the, the worst part is, is if you don't act, it will be decided for you. That's, yeah. that's, I think the worst part. And then you're going to view the world as happening to you versus you being able to make things happen because you didn't take action.
0: You know exactly. And whatever it is you learn in an earlier crisis, you can use it for a later crisis. I I've heard uh, I've heard people set a schedule during COVID because they're home with kids, and and they've realized that oh my gosh, okay I'm working and I'm at home at the same time. So uh, they posted on on. Uh, their signature on the email. I am officially in the office during this hour. Then I have to get my kids up and breakfast it and start school. Then I'll be in the office. Then I'll have to take care of my kids lunch. Then I'll be in the office. Then I'll have to. Uh, and I thought to myself, that's so familiar. I did exactly the same thing right after the Lincoln's crisis. I had four kids and often had three of their friends. So I often have seven of them. <laughs> but I would off of my dining room table. And yeah, that's how the day goes. Yeah, you're doing the home stuff, then you're in the office, then you're in the home, then you're in the office, then you're in the home. Area. You know, and then I'd be on the phone with the CEO, and then my sheep would break out of the fence, walk into the living room, and say, "Mom, <laughs> mom," and like, "Oh God, can I can I get back to you? I'll have to call you back." <laughs> oh
1: my God, that's awesome. That's awesome. And that was back then. Like today, it might be a little less. You know, surprising these days, but that was way back then. Oh my God. Yeah. That's awesome. Your sheep broke in. <laughs> okay. I don't know where you are that you have sheep that wander around your home, but good for your furniture, I'm sure. Southern France, but
0: now it's in Singapore. It's a little more like you.
1: Yeah. You're in uh, the city. Small spaces. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell me a little bit about your school, right? Uh, the SP Jane um, School of Global Management. School of Global Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing there and and talk to me about that.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, So I wear a few hats, as most people do uh, these days. Um, So we're an Australian business school with deep roots in India. Our first campus was Dubai and most of our faculty sits in Singapore. And the beautiful um, idea that our founder, who's still leading the organization, had come up with is, you know, global business is here to stay. But why do we sit people in an MBA program in one spot and expect them to learn how to interact with all kinds of different business environments? Better would be to have them in different business environments during the program. So he came up with the Tri-City model and who's I think the first to do this and, and other schools copy. But um, our MBAs spend four months in Singapore, four months in, in Sydney, and four months in Dubai, l- interacting with the business community, doing projects, having case-based, uh, Harvard-style discussions in the classroom, et cetera, really learning to become global adaptive managers and leaders. So, what I do there is I'm the head of consulting uh, MBA stream, um, since I have a big consulting background. Um, we won't mention how big or how long. <laughs> And uh, I also head up the Innovation and Entrepreneurship Center. So I do uh, corporate programs, consulting, coaching, um, executive education in innovation and entrepreneurship. And uh, we also have a, I started up um, an ed tech uh, group thinking about the future of education. And with AI and distributed systems and all kinds of stuff, how can we What sort of model of education do we need for the creative age that we are entering? And how can tech help us not only diagnose people, but deliver that? And what kind of business models do we need?
1: That's awesome. That's really great. Yeah, that's really great. Good for you. That's, That's amazing. Okay, so... I will ask this question a fourth time because I keep avoiding it for some reason. The universe does not want me to ask you this question.
0: (laughs) Oh no! Oh no! No! It's the question.
1: No. No. Um. I'll go back to it. You guys have heard me say this now for a fourth time, but you have been noted as saying that. To be your most extreme and unique you, like you oh, should yeah. be your most you know extreme and unique you. Tell me a little bit about this. Tell me, talk to me about you know bringing the the good, the valuable to the world. Ta- tell me what what you mean by that, or first say what you say because I don't have it right, and then tell me what I <laughs> mean by that. <laughs> you know, I I think
0: it um, I think I think it starts really with the last quote that I gave in my book, um, from St. Catherine of Siena. <laughs> okay. Be who God meant you to be and you'll set the world on fire. So when I was learning from these 30 innovators around the world, um, 90% of whom are entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs, um, I noticed that not only are they open to the world around them and explore and learn and gather ideas and people and more, But they do that based on their own inner design, their own curiosity, their own talents, and sometimes that fits into school programs, which are designed for the industrial age to help you become the right cog for the corporate machine. uh, If we say that, Um, but they did it based on their own design and becoming their their most unique, extreme selves, developing their own. Unique mix, mix of talents. They became very, very unique resources. So, given the outward openness and the openness to themselves to develop themselves in their own special way, they collected ideas, skills, connections with people, and more into a unique mental workshop. Then, looking at the world through that workshop window, mm-hmm they could see opportunities that others missed. They see what others do not. At that point in time, when they see an opportunity or a problem to solve, then they fuse. They bring a piece of this and a piece of that from that mental workshop together and create something new of enormous value that nobody else could have done. Because... To create the value at the end, you have to go all the way back to the beginning, right? starting with the openness to the world and the openness to yourself. And, and what I've described, by the way, is the fusion model. And the basic idea is this. In, the same, in nuclear fusion, two nuclei come together to form a new one and release a great deal of energy in the world, into the right. world. Likewise, in business, science and technology, the arts and humanities, to ideas, to markets, to fields, to technologies, to something. You can bring them together, create something new, and release a great deal of value into the world. Mm. But it all depends on a unique you with the courage to be a more unique you.
1: Right. I guess more to be seen, right? The, the, The fear of being seen as you.
0: And having that well, and instead rule. of becoming a cookie cutter person, fitting into a mold that your school system or degree or whatever it is, right. is going to fit you into, to place you into a machine, right. can you become a completely unique you right. and come together with others in productive ways? And in future, we will have cis- organizational systems models to combine unique people in unique ways instead of cookie cutter people instead with standard job
1: descriptions right right and we've seen that with and that's actually another thing that COVID's helping right yes you know COVID helped me convince my daughter that it would be okay to get homeschooled because all I wanted to do was travel with her now there's COVID so we won't be traveling see for you See? but yeah, now I'm just waiting yeah. for COVID to die. I'm actually, and her school is building out a school right now. So I'm trying to convince them yeah. to outfit it for the technology for remote learning so that she could actually stay with her school, but travel with me. So that's my secret diabolical plan. Yes.
0: <laughs> Good yeah. for you. That, that go for it. Yeah, I highly
1: applaud. Trying, right. I'm like, I almost thought about getting like a, one of those little um, camper van things and just traveling around the states, yeah. like you know, with her because it's only myself and her and her two little pet bunnies, you know. So, so I think it's and like you easy. know,
0: what you would learn in the camper van and in her off hours may be just as powerful, if not more so, than what she's learning in the formal programs. So she, you need
1: both. Oh, yeah, I can but tell you good, sorry, half,
0: but we tend to forget half that,
1: yeah, and I can tell you that just because of the situation she has learned so much and she's actually already made me money so like when the irs comes in and asks if i legit paid my daughter that much money the answer is yes she has made me yeah. more money than i paid her because i could only give her so much and i didn't want to get flagged but she because mm-hmm. she's around innovators entrepreneurs high-powered executives all the time sitting around listening because she's bored you know she's bored but she's listening she literally, yep. one time I'm driving home with one of my partners and we're putting on a mastermind and we were trying to figure out how to make it more valuable, not just monetarily, but for the people involved. She just chimes in from the backseat. She goes, well, you know, you could have this thing at the end where they get to sit with you guys individually, personally. And how much do you think that would be worth? Because you guys make anywhere between three and $10,000 an hour. So if it's like five of you in the room and it's that one person, how do you, and you're already getting paid for me. And I'm like, I look at my phone. I was like, Did she just say that?" I was like, "Did she just say that?" She's like nine years old, right at the time she said that. I'm like, "Yes, Queen, you're a rock star." But they pick it up. They pick it up. They really do. And you know, one of the
0: one of the things that I learned about these thirty people, they had similar kinds of experiences as kids. They were at the dinner table with international uh, politicians or. You know, they had multinational childhood. They, they, yeah, it, it was a rich and unique childhood as well.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, they, they hear, and sometimes you think they're, you know, I'm all like, oh, well, do you want to open a store? Do you want to do something? No, no, I'm gonna read books. You got a dollar, right? But then she chimes out of the back seat, and that's like, I have faith now. <laughs> like you will be okay no matter what happens. I'm like,
0: and you know, somebody, somebody uh, talked. Somebody told me a statistic uh, the other day, something from somebody's research. And they were looking for the common theme, you know, of highly, highly successful people. And they were looking at the education. They were looking at this and where they come from and another. And they found one thing that they all had in common. They had mothers who worked outside the home. And you can come up with all sorts of reasons why. No, not the least of which is it will bring in interesting influences into the child's life that they will absorb. Another is they have to be a little more self-sufficient,
1: yeah, yeah, well, there's there's some kind of mother connection. there's some kind of and uh, you know, not to even be sexist, but there has to be something going on because there have been studies done where if we were to teach the men in the household how to make money, run a business, uh, versus teaching the mother in the household how to do the same thing, that the man would go ahead make create the business, make the money but it's not gonna go as many generations deep. Apparently when a woman comes into the household and learns these same skills, for some reason they pass down generationally. So you're talking about generational education passed down through this matriarch, right? And I'm not sure why that happens, um, but that's an interesting thing. It makes makes total sense. It makes total sense because she's going to teach. Every mother
0: thinks it's her job to teach her children. So, Yes, it would go down through the generations, whereas wonderful dads will teach, but some of them just feel they're supposed to provide and they don't know that it, they are incredibly important for the kids as well.
1: Right. Awesome. <laughs> so here's my final question for you. What advice would you give for young women or anyone right who would like to get into you know design thinking, IT, innovation, anything really um, you know given your background, what would be your, sort of advice for them?
0: So, number one, if it interests you, try it out. Go and do it. Go learn. Um, there's so, it's so easy and cheap nowadays to learn anything you want to learn, either for free or a small fee, um, online. Um, number two, once you've done some learning and exploring, if you really want to build up your skills, go and do it. So, even if you're even if you're not certified in something or have a degree in it and can get hired to do it, go volunteer and get your experience that way and then you'll get hired. Um, and number three, the best way to learn is always to teach. Yes. Go help someone else and teach them, and you will benefit not only them but yourself. Yeah, so those three.
1: I love it. Well, thank you so much, CJ, for joining us today um now you get to go open your gift on <laughs> your birthday. <Happy> birthday. <laughs> you know, <happy laughs> birthday it's gonna be good it's gonna be so fun you're just starting your day there so you have the whole day ahead of you it's gonna be awesome but i really appreciate you i appreciate you taking the time and spending with us this has been a really fun and enlightening uh conversation um uh, i'm sure we'll stay in touch and i'm absolutely going to go actually get that book innovation through fusion uh sounds super interesting i'd love to Love, love, love hearing more about women innovators in the world, so thank you for that.
0: And as a matter of fact, you can get the ebook, you can get the print book, or you can go on to Nobi and get the living audiobook, whereby as you're exercising, you can hear the narrations of the chapters. And um, when you answer the reflective questions and post them, you, you can connect with a community of other uh, book readers, listeners, viewers and build community in nobi as well
1: awesome i'll have to get that link from you so if you have a moment send that to my uh assistant and we'll make sure that we post that in the description so that anybody who listens to this
0: super cool it's actually super easy D D r c j m e a d o w s. d-r-c-j-m-e-a-d-o-w-s.com and you go to the fusion page and all three books are at the top along with a whole bunch of videos, write-ups and things to help people uh, learn about lateral
1: innovation and how
0: to do more good in the world.
1: Love it. Love it. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And best wishes. Thank you. So that is it for this week. Thank you for joining me. And I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If so, don't forget to rate it. If you guys have a pressing question, feel free to tweet me at CS thrive uh, or on Instagram at Thrive Tribe 3.14159. Again, I know that's a weird one. It's just pie. So it's three, it's Thrive underscore Tribe underscore 3.14159. Or of course you can join me in Facebook at my free group, which is Thrive Tribe Global. If you just search groups and you enter in Thrive Tribe Global, you should see us there Um, and you can join it for free. Uh, I answer your questions in there. But if you guys send me a question through there, I will be sure to answer it here on this podcast. And as always, if you're ever interested in advertising on the show, please contact the Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at Believe.com. Thanks so much for joining me.